Patients are increasingly seeking to have their health care needs met without coming into an office. Many physicians have responded with one-off solutions, such as letting individual patients check their blood pressure at home, send in photos of a wound. But in the future, non-visit care could be the rule rather than the exception. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Sean Duffy, Chief Executive Officer of Armada Health, who has co-authored a perspective article about strategies for delivering high-quality non-visit care. Mr. Duffy, what do you envision the transition to a non-visit-based healthcare system would look like? Would existing organizations pilot these programs and scale them up, or would there be new organizations that could enter the market and change practice? I think it'll be a mix of both. My general sense is that it first has to start with culture, where if you create a culture at an existing organization where an in-person visit is viewed as what you do after you've tried in a very safe highly effective way, solve a patient's need remotely. I think that changes the game for how your organization generally will think about the practice of medicine. So I do think that you will see some existing organizations differentiate and make that leap over the road ahead, yet some new organizations will perhaps be at the advantage of being able to start from scratch. So I think you will see a blend here. So you write in your article that existing payment models are a barrier to de-emphasizing in-person visits. So how risky is it for an organization to make substantial changes in the way they provide care and just hope that the payment system is going to follow? What's interesting, the plus side here is I think we actually are really at a tipping point. If you're a provider to retool the way that you deliver care, you really need some sense of consistency in the sort of contracts that you have with your payers. And of course, we've got Medicare, the big organization that you know everybody has to pay attention to. And Given that MACRA is still heading full force down the road to execution, given that providers are picking up alternative payment models with public plans, I think they'll be able to actually go out and get the private contracts to support it. And this is a funny one because what I often hear in talking to various providers and leaders is a bit of a, well, the payment models don't yet support it. From the plan leaders that I've talked to who strike these contracts with providers, I think they'd be receptive to providers coming in and saying, hey, look, we're retooling the way we deliver care here, and here's how we need the payment to be structured between our organization and yours to support that. I think you'll find more open ears now in healthcare than ever before, and that'll become less and less of a barrier. It will take time, but I think we're heading in the right direction. So the kind of system that you describe in your article involves integrated laboratory networks, advanced IT systems. Do you see any place for small local healthcare organizations in that kind of model? It's getting easier to build really high-quality technology at lower cost. I do think that this kind of speaks to the question on will existing organizations really get there and adapt um, or will upstarts. I think for the, you know, to start something completely new, it is a very capital-intensive thing. I think the average independent primary care practice might have a little bit of struggle here, though perhaps there's external solutions they could lean on because it does require a different set of wiring and different organizational capabilities that a lot of organizations right now might not have in that to build consumer-grade digital experiences to support these care models, you really do need to have kind of design and tech teams that resemble what is best in class in the software world, right? You need to recruit from the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Googles. You need to staff with that sort of talent. You need to be based where that talent is. And it's harder for the everyday health system organization to make those investments. So looking at technology, you say in your article that for most healthcare needs, the goal of a non-visit-based system would be to bring as much of the care and social support into the patient's home as possible. Does the technology exist to do that today? 
Well, I think in many instances, yes, and the technology is getting better. So if you imagine, you know, really trying to map onto consumer demand, which has shifted enormously. I mean, that's something I think we all need to reflect on in that. When ACA was passed, the percent of mobile phones that were smartphones was 17%, and now it's 80 So we've had, over the last, you know, five, ten years, we've had such a massive shift in how just the everyday person in life expects to engage with services that you really have to find a way to map against that. And I think for a lot of the basic needs that people want to solve, the tech is there. And if you look at clinical protocols for how you handle even just some of the basic primary care, you can likely do it very safely digitally. And I think that there are smart ways in the areas where you do need in-person visits and interactions to structure those so they're the least burdensome on the patient possible. And the example I give in the article is you could imagine a world where someone has a need and to solve that clinically for the patient, you actually do need a specimen. Instead of building out really expensive office infrastructure throughout a city, you could build out very small, nimble specimen collection centers that would be cheap to operate. Someone could go into one near them, quickly get the specimen, and then it's sent out to the lab, and then that's the data that you need. So I think there are organizational ways to accommodate the kind of elements where you actually do need some sort of in-person interaction. And then in time, as technology gets better, science gets better, the world gets more precise, you can just look for those things that did require an in-person interaction and just every year evaluate it against today's technology to see if it's something that you could safely transition to in-person as last resort. If much of patient care is coordinated and delivered online, are there going to be privacy concerns, confidentiality concerns? I don't think they're going to be massively different than what you have today with the birth of EMRs. I think we've solved a lot of the open questions out there. I don't think privacy or HIPAA or regulatory environment around privacy and data security is going to be the biggest blocker in this sort of transition. Finally, what role can individual physicians play in moving their organizations toward a model that places more emphasis on this high-quality non-visit care? You know, a bit of it, I think, is is still going to rest in the culture where this is a pretty big shift. I mean, I think the average physician, they've grown up in a practice environment where it's all too easy to say, oh, you know, why don't you just come in? And if this is the sort of care that you want your organization to deliver or you feel like you would want as a patient, I think it needs to start with creating a world of cultural alignment, of course, with safety and high-quality outcomes as the compass there, but really critically evaluating every moment that someone had to come in. And I think if you do that, you'll start to, as an organization, see opportunities to retool your care pathways in dramatic ways, and you'll start to view the whole concept of remote care differently, whereas in many instances across the country right now, you hear and see telemedicine or quote-unquote virtual visits described, and then you dig a little bit deeper, and it turns out that it's just emails between you know, doctors and patients or maybe kind of a video visit. And that's not a massive transformation. That's, in, in a sense, replicating what's done in person but remotely. And I think that's really 1.0. And an organization that constantly thinks, what's the outcome we want to achieve and how can we achieve it from afar without immediately jumping to the means to how to do it, will be an organization that dramatically transforms the consumer experience of how care is delivered in the U.S. Thank you, Mr. Duffy.